We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios when you need cash out of your home. And a simple way to get it, Rocket can. So glad to have you on this Tuesday. U.S. men's national team is about a minute and a half away from advancing to the knockout stage and facing the Netherlands, but still about 90 seconds left to go. We've been talking about the other kind of football, the NFL, here today. And we're so pleased now to be joined by Sean King, one of our all-time favorites because he doesn't hold back. He is the co-host of Primetime on VEASAN. Of course, won a Super Bowl with the Bucks. Sean, thanks so much for the time today. How are you? Maggie, Andrew, happy holidays. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you, and happy holidays to you, too. Okay, first settle something for us because Perloff and I just don't disagree, don't agree, rather, on this, which is Matt Ryan last night, Tom Brady on Sunday. I think, Sean, these veteran quarterbacks should also get criticism when the end-of-the-game situations get as funky as what happened last night or what happened with the Bucks against the Browns. Like, Matt Ryan should get up and call timeout whether he thinks he has the first down or not. Brady should be able to call timeout when they're driving to try to win the game in regulation. Perloff thinks that they're just executing orders from up top or from the sideline. What do you think? Uh, I think they're different situations. I think Brady is kind of not culpable because it was the defense that was on the field, and that would have been directly Todd Bowles' responsibility. Uh, I just felt like Matt Ryan played a bad game start to finish. He never seemed comfortable. He never seemed, like, fully in tune with what Pittsburgh was trying to do. Uh, For a guy of his experience, he didn't have a lot of pocket presence throughout the game, so – I think as a coach, you have to understand game flow. And he looked discombobulated, so I wouldn't anticipate that. You know, he was capable at that time of, of properly utilizing the timeouts. But I think it just showcased, you know, as good of a person as I think Jeff Saturday is, as much as he wants to succeed in this situation. That was the first time he had been kind of in a game management, clock management type spot. And I don't think he handled it well. Uh, he also had, I call him PlayStation Parks. Guy went from the PlayStation <laughs> to uh, call him Play. <laughs> he had a offensive coordinator who's never even been a position coach. So I think the inexperience hurt the Colts down the stretch. And uh, it's, it's very few quarterbacks that are in control of timeouts. You know, because a lot goes into why and when you would call a timeout. What are you attempting to do? What's the score of the game? Uh, who's the opposing quarterback? How's the game been going? Do we want to score with no time on the clock? Because we don't want to get, you know, in a situation like Detroit did on Thanksgiving with Buffalo where you give a Josh Allen too much time. Like, a lot goes into it. It should be handled by the head coach. So, as long as we're talking about old quarterbacks, I have a question about both Matt Ryan and Tom Brady. Matt Ryan seemed to be throwing the ball low consistently. Like, guys – we're wide open. He was hitting them in the knees. And Tom Brady is throwing the ball 10 yards in front of him. Is this old age we're seeing with these guys, or is there something different going on? I think it is. Um, you know, the thing about Father time, he don't really give you like a two-week notice. You know how you get a, a great job and you go to your, your current employer and say, you know, I've really enjoyed my time here. I want to be professional as I move into this next stage of my life. So in two weeks, yeah, it's you not know, you, Father it's me. Time just kind of, yeah. Yeah, Father Time just shows up, and, you know, you go to make a cut you used to make, and you can't make it. You know, you go to throw a pass that you used to make, and now it's, uh, so, I mean, they're trying to adjust on the fly as they're deteriorating, you know, because of age. Uh, we'll see if they can get it done. Um, listen, at the same time, they both had tremendous careers, so I'm not going to come over here and 
and badmouth Matt Ryan and Tom Brady, who've been good for a long time. They got old. It happens. It'll happen to all of us, hopefully. <laughs> Sean King is our guest. He's the co-host of VEASAN, uh, primetime, excuse me, on VEASAN. So, Sean, we're talking about age. Is that what you're seeing with Russell Wilson, too? Or do you think that's a totally different situation? Well, I think what we found out is as Brady and Belichick separated, it probably was 65-35 Brady from a success ratio standpoint. As Russ has moved away from Pete Carroll, maybe it was 65-35 Pete Carroll. Mm. You know, people look at Russell Wilson and they forget that he was a third-round pick selected to be the backup to Matt Flynn, who Seattle had just signed to a big contract in that offseason. So he's really overachieved, to be honest. Hmm. You know, he never was considered a a first-round pick or a franchise saver. So if his career ends right now, he still had a career that superseded or, or exceeded you know, his expectations coming into the league. So I just look at Russell through that prism. Uh, He's not playing very well this year. The one thing I will say, I think Russell is really diminishing his opportunity to be in the Hall of Fame. I think if he went to Denver and played at the level he played at Seattle, he was going to go into the Hall. Based on the way he's performed, if nothing changes next year, I think it pushes Russell out of the Hall of Fame. Wow. Wait, can I follow up that, Sean? Do you think that watching how badly this trade, at least right now, has worked out for Denver, do you think that guys like Aaron Rodgers, maybe, I know his contract is not easily tradable, but do you think it, you know, you look at either the Packers or from Rodgers' side and say, hey, maybe it's better if we just stay together? You know, I think Matt, uh, Matthew Stafford and Tom Brady made it look like it was so easy to just change teams and have success right away. Do you think Russell Wilson has maybe scared off some veteran quarterbacks from trying to take that route? Well, I don't think Russell can blame anyone but himself. Like, honestly, Nathaniel Hackett doesn't look like he's going to be an elite head coach based on what we've seen. <laughs> no. But Russell hadn't played well. You know, so Stafford succeeded in, the, uh, in L.A. because he played at a high level last year. You know, Brady was a free agent. He went to Tampa. He played at an MVP level. He threw, what, 5,000 yards and 40 touchdowns last year. So their performances are drastically different than Russell. If you're Green Bay, you're looking at it from the other way. If we can trade Aaron and Jordan Love can be for us what Geno Smith has been for Seattle, and we can get multiple first-round selections, you know, as well, then that to me is a no-brainer. You know, because when you look at that roster, it's built more for a Jordan Love H quarterback than an older veteran player like Aaron Rodgers. What do you mean wow, by that? Wow, a no-brainer to trade yeah. Rodgers? Well, I mean, Christian Watson is a rookie. Romeo Dubs, I know he's injured. He's a rookie. You know, Aaron Jones, Dylan, those are relatively young players. I mean, that roster is, is the way that it, it, it currently exists. I mean, a lot of young players on defense, Rashad Gary, Quay Walker, like they got a young team. Mm-hmm. Like they're not a team that is full of veterans like Tampa, you know, was with Gronkowski and A.B. and Mike Evans and, you know, Pierre Paulo. Those guys were all, you know, veterans, multiple Pro Bowls. Like we got to win a ring or else. Like Green Bay's in a different spot. If Jordan Love is even 75% of what he showed, you know, versus the Eagles and a limited exposure – What you could get back for Aaron Rodgers, I think it sets the organization up to move forward in a much more healthy 
situation than if you keep Rodgers, who doesn't look happy, who seems frustrated with having to be a part of the growth process of these young players. Can I take one step back to Russell Wilson? This is for both of you. Can I just make a little case for Russell Wilson? He is throwing to nobody. And there's, they're, they're the most injured team in the league. And he was amazing two weeks ago in the Raiders in the first half. It looked like the old Russ. There's something in there. I think he's 34 if all those guys come back healthy. I mean, wouldn't you look at the Broncos maybe as an improved team next year? Are we sure that he's totally washed? Well, I don't, that's not what people were saying coming into this. People were that's saying true. he's getting caught in Sutton and Jerry Judy. And uh, Javante Williams got injured, but they were saying Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon, two good you know, young backs. So I, I don't buy that. Plus, the eye the test says Russell's not playing well. You know what? Uh, this isn't a whole bunch of drops. This is Russ taking bad sacks, Russ missing open guys, Russ acting like he's allergic to utilizing his athleticism. <laughs> so a, a lot of this falls on Russ. But he did hurt his hamstring in week five, and he hasn't been able to run at all. He, he looks like, even when you see you him running. You sound like a Russ so, apologist. I'm a Russ apologist. You are a Russ apologist. Possibly he's injured, you know. And I was actually, when I asked you before, I kind of thought Matt Ryan looked injured last night. I always see these quarterbacks, uh, you know, we've been, Aaron Rodgers said, if you're a quarterback and you get out there, you play. But something like, uh, like a thumb injury or something, aren't quarterbacks banged up a lot? And can't that affect the play more than we know? Well, you're talking to a quarterback that played when you can actually get hit. (laughs) I don't think any of the guys that played during my era would have any sympathy for any of the guys playing currently. I mean, because if they touch you hard, it's a rough in the passer. I mean, if they hit you high, it's personal foul. If they hit you low, it's personal foul. So the contact on the quarterback has been minimized significantly. I mean, go watch some – and we're not talking about a long time ago. I played in the 2000s. Go pull up some games from 2000, 2001, 2002, and then get back to me. <laughs> I know. I think it's actually surprising. Like, Brady actually st- has yeah. played through this whole era where you could get absolutely destroyed, like decapitated, and now he plays in, you know, this more two-hand touch kind of thing. Yeah, Sean, have you ever had uh, – I mean, you got hit all the time. Have you ever been out there and hurt and had a bad game and known it was because you were uh, injured partly and then got kind of got killed by everybody else even though you were hurt at the time? Well, here's the approach I took. Listen, when we win, the quarterback's going to get a lot of, uh, you know, he's going to get a lot of things that come his way in a positive direction that maybe he isn't directly responsible for. And you accept those. So I always took the approach when we lose, there's going to be some stuff that comes my way that's probably not my fault, but i got to take that as well. And that's how you create uh, a a, 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 a a sense of leadership in the locker room. Yeah. When the guys know that you aren't just in it for the good moments, but you're in it through the thick and thin. You know, that left tackle knows when it's his mistake, and he's watching how you handle it when you get on the podium. You know, a perfect example is Zach Wilson. Yep. You know, Zach Williams, Wilson forgot in a moment of weakness that this is a team sport, and they've been covering for you during this winning streak, and you've been playing bad then too. You know, now that you guys lose and they ask you to take some and carry some of the blame and burden, you don't want to. So as a quarterback, you just have to understand it comes with the territory. Take the good with the bad. You know, internally, the film is the truth. So if, you pl- if it's not your fault, internally the people are going to know because they're watching the film. They'll know if the receiver ran the wrong route or if you made the right decision and he dropped it. Like, they're going to know all that. So don't feel like you have to defend yourself in the media. 
Sean, thanks so much for the time today. Uh, appreciate it. I actually just have one last one before we let you go. And of course, Sean King is the co-host of Vison Live Primetime, uh, Primetime on Vison. So this kind of came up a little bit on Twitter, and I hate to bring that up because what starts on Twitter is usually stupid, but I, I would love to get your take on it. If you could have Tua or Justin Herbert right now, who would you take? Uh, you know, I'll be honest, and, and Herbert's the more talented player physically. I think Tua has more championship genealogy. Like, Tua's the guy that I think is going to fight through a whole bunch of stuff, going to have more composure in the pocket, going to look adversity in the face and stand there and do what it takes to be successful. But he doesn't have the arm talent of Justin. He's not as tall as Justin. Ironically, he's not a good as, as good of an athlete as Justin. But I think Justin Herbert still has to mature, you know, from a mental toughness standpoint there are times when the rush bothers justin there are times when i think he allows chaos to make him chaotic you don't see that with Tua. Tua's is calm when everything's chaotic around him so i think it's kind of a yin and a yang there it, it probably depends on who my head coach is you know what talent do i have around him uh you're probably always going to lean towards the more talented player in the end but i do think that two is further ahead and maybe it goes back to the culture at Alabama, you know, based on or opposed to the culture at Oregon where Herbert had what, three head coaches yep. in his time at, at Oregon. So, you know, he didn't come in, I think, with that foundation mentally that, that Tua did. Sean, can't tell you how much we appreciate this. We love your perspective. Love that you don't hold back. It's awesome. Uh, love watching you on VEASAN on primetime. Thanks so much for the time. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, happy holidays, everyone. Thanks. You too, you too Sean. Talk to you in a bit. Uh, appreciate that. That was Sean King. He's That's awesome.